Broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. You know what I love about this time of year? And some years more than others. Sometimes the crazy talk actually becomes reality. And we have seen over the last couple of days, crazy talk become reality right before our very eyes and uh, with lightning bolt um, frequency too. Uh, And to here to make sense of it all is our good friend Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus. Brad, um, saw you last week in Indianapolis. I know there was a lot of scuttlebutt, a lot of talking, a lot of uh, people cornering each other uh, at bars and restaurants all throughout Indianapolis laying the groundwork for what we just saw happen these last couple of days. Uh, First of all, thank you for joining us. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. So, are are you surprised at what's happened these last couple of days? You know, I'm not surprised in a general sense that we're seeing some QB movement, but you mentioned Indianapolis, and I feel like it seemed like the general consensus was that the big-name trades had maybe died down, and we were now going to be looking at more of, you know, Carson Wentz, yes, a name, but, you know, Wentz and Garoppolo, and maybe those were the names. So for Russell Wilson to come in over the top and, and finally head to Denver, you know, it was surprising only because of that week and the quietness around it, but I think we saw kind of the signs coming of him moving on at some point. Yeah, we did, and, you know, in, in retrospect, uh, um, I was there for Pete Carroll's availability in Indianapolis, and I was only standing a few feet for, for, from him. And I, I kept thinking to myself, "Man, he looks energetic. He looks. He was pounding the table. I'm fired up. You know, like he was being Pete. And it looked like he had aged reverse wise from the last time I had seen him. Just looked great and all fired up and all energetic. And now that I think back on it, he had to have known. Obviously, something was in the in the works." I think he's really fired up about the challenges that await. It's almost like, you know, going on that one last adventure uh, at his age to try to rebuild this thing because it really feels like, and we're going to start there, the Seattle Seahawks are kind of now in, in rebuild move mode. And just by judging from his disposition, it felt like he feels like this can happen pretty quickly. Yeah, you know, it's funny you mentioned him being upbeat. I, I know my coworker, Doug Kide, heard that. Seattle was kind of ready to move on from Russell Wilson just as much as he wanted to potentially move on from Seattle. So I do think the divorce there um, might have both parties a little bit happy. And like you said, motivated to maybe move on. Maybe now they're picking number nine overall, see if they can take a quarterback there, or maybe enter you know the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes, or, or make a move and just go on a different direction. And, and I think, look, you also have to be happy with this return, even losing Russell Wilson two first, two seconds, Three solid players, maybe not Drew Locke. Two solid players and Drew Locke. Um, I mean, it's a massive haul, even just compared to Matthew Stafford last offseason. All right. In the final analysis uh, with Seattle and Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson, as Pete said last week, you know, they've been partnered up for a while now. Uh, since 2012, it's been a partnership between he and Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. But in the final analysis, why did it get to where it got to, to a point where both sides were ready to move on? You know, it's a great question. I think we saw even you know, Greg Olson was speaking on it today, and he was obviously in Seattle, I want to say in 2019, and it was that there was just not a lot of freedom for Russell Wilson in this offense. And I think as time goes on, as you're a quarterback in, the, in this league, if you've kind of proven yourself and you know, then get that big contract and have been around for a long time, clearly there are a lot of guys that have a ton of flexibility, a lot of ownership over the offense, and they're allowed to you know change things at the line and, and get creative and do all these things. And 
he made it seem like that was just not the case, that, that Pete Carroll wants to run his system, believes in his system. Um, and, and so, you know, it seems like a clean exit for both parties. Russ could probably go and, and get creative in Denver's offense with Nathaniel Hackett, who has experience working with Aaron Rodgers, who loves to kind of call his own plays or, or scheme up his own plays and practice during the week. Um, and Pete Carroll can maybe find a young guy or, or a quarterback more willing to just do what he's told. All right, so from the Denver Broncos standpoint, and uh, obviously this is Raider Nation radio, so uh, it was a little bit of shockwaves um, here for Raider Nation uh, when they found out that not only they're going to be dealing with Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes, but lo and behold, here comes Russell Wilson uh, into the division. It's kind of a quarterback gauntlet. From, but from the Denver Broncos' standpoint, do you side with Russell Wilson, who apparently thinks that that group is really close to getting helping uh, him get uh, to where he wants to go to. I'm a little bit dubious, you know, on where the Broncos really are, but hey, I've been wrong before. Uh, are you siding with Russell Wilson that this is a great opportunity for him and and now the Broncos are all of a sudden uh, we have to talk about them in different terms than we have been in the last couple of years? You know, I am a big fan of this Broncos roster. I came in last year saying I thought it was one of my favorite rosters outside of quarterback. Um, they do need to get at an edge rusher. Obviously, they traded Von Miller since then, and they need to be able to manufacture a pass rush. But for them to not give up, you know, Patrick Sertan, their first-round corner last year, to not give up Jerry Judy, their first-round receiver the year before, is huge. You know, they have a solid offensive line. They have a lot of pieces in place. They're still top ten in, in, in salary cap space. They recently extended Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick at wide receiver. So long story short, they're in a better spot than you'd probably imagine um, after giving up all these assets and having to pay Russell Wilson. Um, but at the end of the day, I still would probably take the Chargers and the Chiefs ahead of them in the division if I had to. Yeah, uh, it's definitely a, uh, a difficult division. And the Raiders, who made the playoffs last year, um, albeit with some flaws on their roster, are, are sitting right there uh, as well. And uh, a couple of moves here and there, and, and, and we can start realistically talking about them again as a team that uh, you know has a chance to go to, go to the pay, uh, postseason. Uh, let's go now to Indianapolis. Carson Wentz, I didn't think there was any chance that they were going to be able to get the kind of haul that they got from Washington uh, for a player that I feel is kind of on the decline right now, and I don't think there's any kind of magic wand that exists that's going to get him to a level that you know is, is going to be able to f- get teams to the playoffs. But hey, that's Washington's uh, um, situation now. But from the Colts' perspective, thought they really did a pretty good job uh, being able to bring in some assets for a player that they had obviously fallen out of love with. Yeah, they obviously, it's a huge blunder when you look at it overall for them to give up a third and first round pick for Carson Wentz. But it's a one year experiment for about $21 million. And now they get that third back. And then they have a third round pick that could convert into a second round pick with the same conditions that they put on their, you know, second round pick that is obviously now the Philadelphia Eagles first round pick in this year's draft. So they come very close to recouping it. The massive part of this is getting rid of the entire salary for 2022. I, I don't know how they did it. I don't know why Washington take it on. They're actually now, worst case scenario, taking on a one-year deal for about $28 million. So 33% larger than Indianapolis and a similar trade package. And we have another year of, year of Carson Wentz just not really being the guy. So for uh, as bad as it was for Indy to do the deal in the first place, I think they got out of it as cleanly and, and as, as well as they possibly could have. The question now becomes... 
Where do the Colts go for a quarterback? I I, I uh, cannot sit here and believe for one second that Chris Ballard uh, is just simply going to punt on this season uh, and regroup with a lot of salary cap space next year, um, and and just kind of punt and move up, move kick the can down the road. I feel like there has to be something coming with a quarterback, and if so, where do you feel? Where do you see the Indianapolis Colts going from here at the most important position on the football field? Yeah, I totally agree with you. I don't think he's going to sit back now and and have a bad team or anything like that. I, I think they also don't have a first round pick, so you know I don't think they're going to try to make some huge trade up and and take some guy in the late first or anything like that. I think Jeremy Garoppolo is a very realistic option from San Francisco. Obviously, just had sh- shoulder surgery, but should not require a first round pick to become an Indianapolis Colt. I think that move just makes a ton of sense for all parties involved. What you look at Jimmy Garoppolo? All right, he's been to a Super Bowl and he was a San Francisco 49er safety holding on to an interception away from going to another Super Bowl. I know it's easy to kind of scoff at Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, you know, the 49ers flat out coached around him at times uh, and, and his deficiency at times and one in you know all sorts of different ways that didn't really include their quarterback. But the fact is he's gotten one team to the Super Bowl and it was that close to helping getting another team to the Super Bowl just a couple years later. Um, where wh- What are your thoughts on Jimmy Garoppolo and, and where he is as a quarterback and how he can help a team like the Colts you know, uh, stay afloat and maybe get pretty far in the playoffs? Yeah, you know, this answer is going to be full of cliches, and so I apologize in advance. But, you know, I think he probably is on a similar plane as Carson Wentz. The difference is we've now had two different teams. Apparently the locker room, you know, did not buy into Carson Wentz at all. This recent article saying he was not a leader. You know, he was not super well-respected in the locker room. We heard the same thing in Philadelphia. On the other end of the spectrum, you have San Francisco 49ers players that tweet as though they would die for Jimmy Garoppolo, right? I mean, it seems like he is a guy that can galvanize a couple of players, can help elevate some guys around him, even if, yes, things are being schemed up and all those things to help him. You know, I think it just comes down to intangibles, and they believe, look, he can make some big throws and big moments. In that Packers game, he took a shot late in the game and delivered a strike still to Juwan Jennings over the middle. Like, he can make some of those big-time throws that, that Carson Wentz, I think, kind of shies away from. So I really don't think he's that much better. I think it might just kind of come down to some fringe cases. All right. Uh, obviously, the Las Vegas Raiders now, um, A, uh, they don't have access to Devontae Adams. I guess if they wanted to you know, give up two first-round picks and, and you know, come up with some kind of a contract offer that the Packers aren't going to match, he's still accept- accessible. But realistically, he's off the table now. Uh, that's the um, you know, domino effect of, of Aaron Rodgers staying in Green Bay. And now they have to deal with uh, another great quarterback in their division and a team that just got a whole lot better in the Denver Broncos. Um, if you're the Raiders to deal with that, my argument is you don't trade Derek Carr. That's ludicrous to me. You build around him or continue to build around him. But what do the Raiders need to do to kind of mitigate uh, the, the move that the Denver Broncos just made and stay viable in this division? Yeah, I'm with you. At this point, you shouldn't like punt. Or you're going to wait until Herbert and Mahomes are you know, 40 years old. You have to try to compete. You made the play. You can get better. I think it comes down to pass catchers. I think they need to be in the mix for a top-end wide receiver. I, you know, I don't know if their relationship soured with Amari Cooper, but if he does get cut, I would be in the mix there if I was the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, I think they need a true number one X receiver on the outside. You get him, a healthy Darren Waller, a, you know, a scrappy Hunter Renfro, uh, and some good supplementary pieces like a Brian Edwards. 
and then you can maybe try to score with this AFC West. What about defensively? Because that's where I think it's got to, you know, they're not going to stop any of these offenses. I don't think anybody will. Um, but you can make some stops, some key stops along the way in a game, uh, if, if, especially if that offense is, is going to be able to score enough points. Just get a defense that can make some timely stops. Where do they go defensively, especially in free agency, uh, to, to help that along? Yeah, you know, I, I think they're fairly solid on the defensive line. They could maybe add along the interior, maybe bring back Quentin Jefferson. But obviously Max Crosby's looking at a big deal uh, in the near future. You know, I think I'll look at the secondary. It's going to be a new-look secondary now with Patrick Graham. He did play some more zone in New York this past year, but I think that was in part because of personnel, um, which I guess he could do again You know, this year in Las Vegas. But a big name for me, another guy that is rumored, to potentially be a cap casualty, maybe gets traded for, is James Bradbury, who spent time with Patrick Graham in New York. He is a very good player. He could be a number one outside man cover corner without having them having to, you know, break the bank on a guy like a J.C. Jackson in free agency. Hey, maybe if you want to poach a good player from your division, you make a run at Traverius Ward of the Kansas City Chiefs to be another, you know, man cover outside corner. It sounds like he'll have a pretty hot market as well. But, yeah, I would look to load up on cornerback, you already are generating solid pressure with Ngakwe and Crosby, you know, but th- that's how I would attack it. You're not supposed to blitz you know, Mahomes and those guys anyway. Just load up on defensive back. Uh, I agree with you. Uh, all right, Brad, we're about a week away um, from the, the heart and soul of free agency. Uh, I know teams are gearing up right now. Uh, I know that everyone's kind of getting their blueprint together and getting ready to execute it uh, here uh, in the next few days or so. Uh, any surprises that you can uh, kind of see happening um, or, or just to kind of keep an eye on uh, as free agency kind of explodes on us uh, next week? You know, it's a great question. I, I think it's – it's kind of peak lying season right now, so you know you're hearing a lot of things floating around. I guess just one kind of big one for me is that you know I was not going to buy into Teron Armstead leaving the New Orleans Saints until the day it happens, but it does seem like he's going to hit the open market, and, and it's just it's rare that a tackle that good reaches the open market. So maybe not a need for the Las Vegas Raiders at all, but I think it's going to be fascinating to see how the league reacts to a truly elite left tackle hitting the open market. Yeah, uh, same here. And I'm wondering if you could play right tackle, or if you'd be willing to play. You know, pay him left left tackle money and put him at right tackle, uh, and really solidify that offensive line. But uh, we will see. Brad uh, Spielberger, thank you so much for spending some time uh, with us in the huddle. I know it's a busy time, and I know we're gearing up for next week. Can't wait. Uh, talk to you down the road, my friend. Sounds good. Talk to you soon. You got it. That's Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus. He does a great job, uh, has his finger on the pulse, is tremendous when it comes to salary cap uh, analysis. And uh, if you want that analysis, hey, just go pluck down the $34 or so uh, to get Pro Football Focus. But it's you also you could also follow him at PFF underscore uh, Brad for his daily digest of uh, nuggets and information. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Bajador, Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Wednesday. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Now, back to your host, Vinny Bonsignor. Our thanks again uh, to Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus. Uh, Always uh, great, great knowledge, great insight. uh, Really knows the uh, salary cap uh, backwards and forwards. But I'm curious where the Colts are going to go, Damana, quarterback, because they're just too good to take a step back. Now, I'm not saying Carson Wentz was the answer, but it was the best option that they had on their roster. 
And not that's saying a whole lot, but do they go after Jimmy Garoppolo? Is that the direction that they take? I mean, it'd be better than Carson Wentz because we just saw that they even got something back in the trade. I think getting rid of him, I, I thought that should have been reward enough. Well, yeah, just to get out of that salary just cap. Just to get out, out of it. The, but they the even got, I think it was a third or a fourth back. Yes. Wow. Uh, no, they got they got uh, they, they they got some some value for him. I'm wondering what it would take, you know, in terms of uh, uh, getting Jimmy from Jimmy G from San Francisco, and then, you know, are the are the 49ers really ready to roll with Trey Lance? Is he ready? I don't know. You know, I don't know. Um, you know what the situation is there, and and I think we do underestimate a little bit Jimmy G. There's something about him that the the he wins. The, yeah, the parts make up the sum makes up for the parts um, is, is what I'm saying. And we talked about this, Damon, when you look at the 49ers and as good a coach as Kyle Shanahan is, and he is, um, they have not been able to, they don't win unless Jimmy G is the quarterback. And now that's not to say that they can't find a, a better replacement than Jimmy G. And maybe Trey Lance is that guy. But the fact is there's a huge difference in winning percentage when Jimmy G is out there and when he isn't. So it has to stand for something. He's got he's doing something to help win games. I think that proves that he is a he's a good to good to okay starting quarterback. Right. And sometimes you're just like backup quarterbacks aren't gonna cut it. No, exactly. I it, think that's what it proves more. I think that like their backup quarterback selection could have been better. Totally. I think that's more of what it means. But let me throw something at you and, and I'll get to a text from the text line in a minute. What are the teams where they do have these not luxury of riches, but they can, ex- they, you know, people are expendable now. Jimmy Garoppolo, because mm-hmm. in my head I'm thinking the Commanders instead of taking on Carson Wentz's big contract, why not get maybe Jordan Love's? Like throw out to the Packers, hey, we'll take him off your hands for a second, a second and a third. But in Jimmy G, we don't know what the asking price is, but but you would have to think that it's got to be pretty pretty low because the team. They already know who they have or who they want. With the Packers, they know that they have Aaron Rodgers. And with the 49ers, you have Trey Lance in waiting. Right. Um, I don't know. I, th- I, I, I just don't think that enough teams, you know, have a have – a, uh, or, or teams like the – to me, if I was um, – throw out a, 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 a middle, pack, middle of the pack team with an okay quarterback situation. Maybe the Carolina Panthers. Sure. All right, so th- – they would probably be in the Deshaun Watson. I mean, the, the Clemson is very close to where uh, the Panthers are. Um, he's a local kind of legend down there. If everything was cleared up, I could see that being a destination for him. I could see Jimmy G being a destination potentially for Carolina. But if 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 you know the Deshaun Watson situation doesn't get cleared up, and let's just take Jimmy G off the table, if you're the Carolina Panthers, why not take a chance on a Jordan Love? Like you're in that kind of, especially if you go ahead and turn around and. And, and trade Kristen McCaffrey, which is seems to be um, something that they're at least contemplating or open to. Why not go and and try to catch lightning in a bottle with the Jordan Love and see what he's capable of doing? Get him out on the field, figure it out. The way contracts work nowadays, uh, especially you know uh, um, for quarterbacks, you're not married like back in the day when you drafted a quarterback really high. You were like stuck because you had to pay, you know huge amounts of money they change that and rightfully so so it's you can quickly get out of it if it's not working but i would like to see a team like the carolina panthers who who am i missing here um 
Arizona. No, uh, uh, you know, there's a few teams They're like Carolina. Let's say maybe New Orleans, the Giants. The well, the Giants looks like. Come on, come on, buddy. Uh, they're going. It looks. It sounds like anyway. They're open to bringing in um, Trubisky because he played with Debo and he was the backup in Buffalo, where he's coming from. But like I'm saying, that's all I'm saying. No, I'm just pre- throwing it out there. Yeah, yeah. Like if, if Green Bay says, "Hey, we want," he was a first round pick. We want a first. I'm hanging up. No, exactly. But exactly. If they were just like, "Yeah, man, a second and a fifth. Sure, you can have Jordan Love. Right. Why? I, 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 exactly. I would have rather have done that than Carson Wentz. Well, yeah, and. I, I'm just I, saying, me, where you like because we're talking about contracts, and, and you I can think build situa- around that rookie contract, yes, but rather than twenty something million. I agree with you there. However, it's also how you perceive yourself. Like if you're the Washington football, t- or if you're the Washington Commanders, you're looking at it as we're close, we're right there. We need a capable quarterback, a, a, a proven capable quarterback, to get us to where we want to go. And you can make this case as as uh, I'm not a Carson Wentz guy anymore. But prior to just falling off the face of the earth, he had them in contention for a playoff spot. It was kind of a shock that they didn't make the playoffs. They, they faltered down the end. There were a lot of things that happened, including some of his you know, play. Didn't he miss a game or he miss a whole week of practice uh, with COVID-19? Um, you know, I don't whatever. I think that was the Raider week. <laughs> it was, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, I think Washington's looking at it as, hey, we, we've we, – we know what he's all about. We can win with this guy. We don't know what Jordan loves about. It's where they are in the whole. It, but five years from now, it might look like a bonehead move on their part, like not to have at least taken a chance on a Jordan love. You're in the huddle with Vinny Von Steer, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. When we get back, Greg Bedard from the Boston Sports Journal uh, will be joining us and uh, going to talk to him about J.C. Jackson couple of the other Patriots that might be free agents. Could there be a Patriots pilgrimage to Las Vegas to follow Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler uh, out west? You're in the huddle with Vinny Monster brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Wednesday. No one gets you closer to the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Talking to Damon uh, Cotton, the great producer here, uh, about, okay, well, what do the Packers do now with Jordan Love? And if you're a, you know, NFL team, what would you be willing to give up just to to get him on the field to see what he he's all about? I mean, this is a few, this is a former first round pick uh, two years ago. What, you know, what are the Packers' plans for Jordan Love? Now, they could always say, hey, look, we've been down this road before. We had a guy by the name of Aaron Rodgers who was backing up a guy by the name of Brett Favre for, I think, four years. It's crazy to think that Rodgers missed, you know, didn't barely played the first part of his career because he's backing up a Hall of Famer in Brett Favre. Uh, but that did happen. Do the Packers have that same kind of idea in place for Jordan Love, or are they just kind of waiting for an, a, a team to, you know, uh, make an offer that they can't refuse? I, if I'm Carolina Panthers and I can't get and Deshaun Watson's situation doesn't get cleared up or, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo isn't available to them, why wouldn't a team like the Carolina Panthers maybe make a run at Jordan Love and just to see what he's all about? Maybe they can, you know, catch lightning in a bottle uh, with a player like that. But we're going to go out to the Raider Nation guest line and maybe Greg Bedard, our good friend from the Boston Sports Journal, uh, can shed a little bit of light on that. Greg, first of all, thank you for spending some time with us. Uh, before we get to some of these uh, Patriot free agents, 
Um, I want to throw that question out to you. What What do you think the plan is with Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers? And if you're a team like the Carolina Panthers that's just you know still kind of trying to figure it out, what would you give up to 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 go get a Jordan Love? And maybe what is his perception around the league anyway? Well, I think the big thing with the with the Panthers is that uh, Tepper is not a patient owner, Dave Tepper, and uh, I think he's sick of. He's probably sick of stopgap measures right now mm-hmm. as far as, hey, let's fish for, you know, uh, Sam Darnold or Teddy Bridgewater or whatever. Like, he wants he wants a real deal quarterback. So they are going to be swinging big. Jordan Love, look, he, he has film out there. It's not impressive. Um, I think that... Uh, you know, they're in a similar situation that the Packers were with Rodgers when Favre was there. Uh, he is uh, similar to where the Patriots had Garoppolo and the Patriots were not interested in in dealing him because uh, they thought they had a potential starter there. They were right. I don't know how the Packers feel about uh, Jordan Love, but I think that they, they, they will hang tight and wait for a good offer. But, yeah, I mean, it makes sense to, to deal him at some point, but you're hoping to create a market. All right, you mentioned Jimmy Garoppolo, and uh, everybody uh, has him earmarked for everywhere else but San Francisco. Um, what's the likelihood that, uh, that that Jimmy G gets moved? And is Trey Lance, do you believe, or do you believe that the 49ers believe, is ready to uh, to take that uh, the car keys from Jimmy G and, and and drive the 49ers you know further than they've been because say what you want about Jimmy G but he's been to a Super Bowl and was uh, an interception away from one of his own teammates he, all he had to do is hang on to the ball and the 49ers are back in the Super Bowl second time in about three years he's a he's not a bad back I mean he helps teams win so what happens to Jimmy G and then what do the Niners do uh, to replace him if they move on from him. I think right now the 49ers are not sure on Trey Lance, and they shouldn't be. Um, what he showed last year, I mean, we went from, you know, training camp, they're talking about, oh, well, he could potentially do, you know, X, Y, and Z, and we're, they're going to have a package to him. So he was a complete afterthought by the end of the season. And it wasn't because Jimmy Garoppolo was blowing everybody away. It's just Trey Lance was obviously not ready. And I still think he's a year away from being ready. And so I think if you're the 49ers right now, I mean, I don't know what their cap situation is and what they absolutely have to do, but uh, I think that uh, you're, you're, you're very excited about the market that, that has been created. Uh, you know, if, you know, now that Carson Wentz is gone, uh, teams that are looking who, who maybe don't land one of the primary quarterbacks, whether it's, you know, Deshaun Watson or Tom Brady decides to come back, then I think they're in the driver's seat, and you know they'll they'll entertain moving on from him and maybe looking at other veteran options to have an alternative to Trey Lance. But I think uh, for now, I think they're content to sort of let the market play out and, and see what comes their way. I'm talking to Greg Bedard, um, the founder and editorial director of the Boston Sports Journal dot com. Uh, he knows his stuff, and he just mentioned Tom Brady and the 49ers, and that can't, that's that that hasn't gone away, Greg. Uh, so, nope. <laughs> um, speaking of which, what are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going to do at quarterback? They've got a ready-made team ready to rock and roll. Um, if you were Russell Wilson, why weren't you? Oh, I'm sure the Seahawks probably didn't want to trade him to uh, to a, a conference team. Yeah. But 
what are they going to do at quarterback? I mean, they're ready to go right now. Um, I can't believe that they believe in the backup quarterback um, is going to be a suitable replacement for Tom Brady. Yeah, that's a good question. I, you know, I, I think they'll be in on they'll be on in on Deshaun Watson. However, that plays out, um, and uh, you know, they'll be looking to see you know the Kyler Murray situation has a chance to get explosive. That was sort of you know what I was hearing at the combine at that that that's going to get ugly. And I, I you know I don't know what the resolution is going to be. I think they knowing Jason Light the way that I do, he's going to be swinging big. Uh, no Blaine Gabbert and uh, not the answer there, no matter what Bruce Arian says. And so uh, they will be in the mix with everybody else. And, you know, Garoppolo, I think, would be a good option there. Um, you know, for sure, I think that they did with the offense with Brady, it would be uh, sort of tailor-made for, for Jimmy to sort of come in there. You know, you mentioned that Kyle Murray and um, Kyler Murray and and the Cardinals that that's going to get explosive and volatile and maybe ugly. Why? What what's the deal uh, there? Is it just strictly uh, about uh, the next contract? Um, and 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 you know, I'm kind of with the Cardinals on waiting a little while. I'm sure Kyler Murray doesn't want to hear that, but is that what this is about, or does it go deeper? Uh, I think it's mostly about the money, and look, I get it from Kyler's point of view. I mean, he I think he's set to make like $5 million this year, and which is just ridiculous. And if I were him, I'd be taking the same stance that I'm not, I'm not playing for that. But they, the Cardinals have also sort of painted themselves into a tough corner. I mean, they tried to exploit the, you know, rookie contract thing and, you know, had a bunch of, you know, aging guys on their team and brought it paid a bundle for DeAndre Hopkins and, and, you know, Chandler Jones is a free agent. I mean, they have a lot of decisions to make and, you know, maybe they're hoping that Kyler plays the, the good sort of soldier for one more year, that they can squeeze a little bit more out of this group and make a real run at it. Um, and maybe they put it to him that way. But I think that the Kyler is dead set on, I'm not making $5 million a year. This is ridiculous. And, and I'm not sure the Cardinals get that way. Yep, uh, that's a great point. We're talking to Greg Bedard. Uh, you can follow him at Greg A. Bedard, uh, founder, editorial director of the Boston Sports uh, Journal dot com. Um, all right, uh, in uh, here in Las Vegas, obviously, free agency is getting ready to kick off, um, and you know, we look at at the, at the Patriots and and what might be available uh, on that end uh, of the coast, and will there be a bit of a Patriots? Uh, pilgrimage to follow Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler uh, here to Las Vegas. And there's some names that really do make a lot of sense uh, for the Raiders, Greg. And I want to throw a couple of them out at you. I know we've talked about J.C. Jackson before. I'm hearing that it's uh, definitely a person of interest uh, for the Raiders uh, here in Las Vegas. Uh, what are your thoughts on on the possibility uh, of something like that happening um, You know, with, with, with the Raiders and, and J.C. Jackson? Yeah, sort of a the need and the scheme fit would seem to match up there. Um, you know, I don't know how Ziegler and Josh McDaniels, I think we talked about it last time, you know, JC Jackson had a lot of red flags coming out of college and that's why he went undrafted. And, uh, you know, as far as the, the Patriots who know him best decided they didn't want to pay him. And oftentimes that has to do with off field concerns. How's a guy going to react to his, first big money contract and is he going to stay great i mean i 
you know, what he showed at the end of the year, and he was kind of a no-show in that playoff game against Buffalo and looked like he was making business decisions, that he's one, one, one healthy game away from hitting free agency, and that's sort of the way he played in the game, and that might have turned the Patriots off. And, uh, you know, if the Raiders are interested, that means that Ziegler uh, doesn't have any concerns about J.C. Jackson and how he's going to react to getting paid. Uh, so I, I think that's, that's, it certainly makes a lot of sense and it fits with the Raiders needs. If that, if, if Dave Ziegler sees, um, you know, uh, the same JC maybe that the Patriots are seeing, um, what about pivoting to a James Bradbury or maybe even a Stefan Gilmore, uh, at this point? Yeah. I mean, I would go after Steph depending on, you know, his health. I, look, he's gotten paid and his, level of play he got paid pretty much out of nowhere by the Patriots when he was a free agent out of Buffalo and uh, that is one guy who, who was not affected by getting the big money and then deciding to coast he he, he had a rough first year in the Patriots system uh, first half season and then he was lights out he was defensive player of the year his second year uh, if he's healthy I could definitely see that that working where maybe his market's a little bit depressed because of the injury he was coming back from how he looked. He wasn't, he couldn't really stay in the lineup once he came back uh, with Carolina. I, I would do that instead of JC Jackson, uh, Bradbury. Um, I have a, I remember watching him as a rookie covering the, the Panthers training camp. Um, you know, I, I, I tend to think that he's more of a zone safety. I don't, really recall i know the panthers were heavy into that back then they were playing a lot of tampa too uh i don't know how he does in man and how patrick graham is going to run the raiders defense but they're certainly going to play more man covers than uh gus bradley did last year so they're going to be putting on a premium i would assume on guys who can play man coverage because uh the, you know and does bradbury fit that uh i'm not really sure but you know stuff on gilmore he could definitely do it there's a name uh, out there in New England that really intrigues me. I know the age uh, could be a factor at 34 years old, but Devin McCourty, um, who knows this system, you know, like the back of his hand and can be a leader, um, you know, uh, here playing that, that, that safety position. Trevor Morg had a really good, strong uh, first year for, for the Raiders. Um, I, I do wonder um, if, if Patrick Graham runs that uh, too-high safety look where Jonathan Abram kind of fits in all of this. Does Devin McCourty, even at that age, but somebody that can bring in and stabilize and, and be a teacher on the field, does he make a little bit of sense for the Raiders? I, I think he does. I mean, you know, Morg is a, you know, he's a good player. I don't know uh, sort of what his rep is as far as his head and things like that, but the free safety position in the, in the New England defense has always been a premium spot. You've got to be among the smartest guys on the field. A lot of checks go through that guy. Uh, they, the, the system, at least the way the Patriots ran it, and I, don't, I didn't keep up with Patrick Graham, so it was tough to tell uh, exactly how maybe he put his spin on the system. But the Patriots always start with, a, whether it's base or sub, they're going to have a, uh, a free safety who is, who is deep, who is sort of, the last line of defense, they're not giving up any, you know, 80-yard touchdowns, things like that. Devin McCourty has lost probably a half a step. He's still pretty, uh, he's still pretty quick, uh, but, you know, his mind is unbelievable. His leadership, if you're looking 
if you're Josh McDaniels and Pat Patrick Graham and you're looking to sort of morph that defense, you know, you could to me the first couple of steps are you add either JC Jackson and Stephon Gilmore and Devin McCourty at safety and now all of a sudden, you know, you're cooking with gas and, and you're getting up to speed and helping the rest of the Devin McCourty, I haven't been among uh, around a better leader, um, you know, in this league. He's right up there with all of them that I've covered, and he'd just be a tremendous asset uh, on the field and in the locker room for that team. So you would be interested potentially in, in signing both of those cornerbacks if you're the Raiders, Gilmore? No, well, no, I mean, one, or, one the other. or the other. I mean, yeah, one or the other to give you, all right, we know that we have a boundary corner that can match up with number ones. Uh, you know, and then you add McCourty in the back end, and now you're getting a lot better very quickly if you're the Raiders. The the the, the Patriots released Kyle Van Noy. He's a free agent as we speak and signed with anybody um, uh, if he so uh, chose to do that. Uh, I'm not sure if he's going to wait for... Uh, free agency to open or if teams are going to wait for that uh, to, to materialize. But I looked at his statistics last year, uh, and he was really good in, in pass coverage. Uh, he got to the quarterback, I think, five times. Um, he still played a, a pretty decent level uh, of football. Um, what about Kyle Van Noy as a possibility in this defense? Yeah, it depends what the Raiders are looking for. Van Noy, at this point in his career, and for the Patriots last year, he was sort of uh, – you know, jack of all trades, a linebacker. Like he can, he rose to prominence with the the Patriots after Detroit as an edge guy, and he, he's really good against the run. He's very sophisticated as far as uh, running stunts and twists and getting pressure. I mean, his last year in New England before he went to Miami, uh, he had a a ton of quarterback pressures. By far, led the team. Uh, he has slowed a bit. That would be my concern, but if you're looking for, if I'm if I'm Josh McDaniels and Patrick Graham, I'm looking for Patriots type guys at all three levels who can preach to the choir and sort of preach our gospel. And Van Noy, Dante Hightower, those guys, those are the type of guys I would be looking at at the linebacker level to do that. Yeah, I was gonna uh, bring that up because uh, you know I feel like the Raiders, you know, even uh, you know under John Gruden and and Mike Mayock did a pretty good job, in spite of some of the things that have happened off the field. By and large, um, of, of really populating that locker room with some good quality people and smart guys that like to play football, not just like but love to play football. Uh, there's a lot of diehards uh, in that locker room, and again, in spite of some of the things that may have happened with one or two of them, um, that that's really the case. Uh, but. You know, bringing in this new staff, and whenever you think of the Patriots, you think about intelligence uh, among the players and conscientiousness and professionalism. It's it, they put a paramount, they put a premium on that. Um, do we overplay that at all, or is that a you know one of the baseline requirements of guys that are going to excel, whether it's offensively or defensively, uh, with this type of a coaching staff and 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 sort of the Patriots' way of doing things? Well, I can tell you that. Belichick and sort of, you know, his his mini-me's would tell you that's paramount. Uh, I will be interested to see how much Ziegler and McDaniels, with McDaniels being the second time around, it, it, was it, what were his eyes open to? Especially what you have to understand, Vinny, is that, uh, you know, the, towards the end here, the last couple of years, I would say the last three or four years in New England, Bill's kind of 
reverted to, and he even said this to Urban Meyer, and Urban Meyer repeated the quote. He said, you know, at this point in my career, I want to coach the guys I want to coach. And you can see that in the way he's filled his coaching staff, how he has retained a bunch of veterans, uh, hasn't played a bunch of rookies. I I wonder how that, watching that, has affected McDaniels and Ziegler. In my mind, those guys have watched that and been like, we're not doing that. Like, yes, we're looking for smart tough, resilient players, Patriots players, but we're also looking for talent. Like, if, if you go too much to one side, which I think the Patriots have, uh, you know, you're left with a slow team that gets exposed by the best teams in the league. And so I think McDaniels and Ziegler, they, they will be looking for that, but they will have more limits than, say, Belichick and the Patriots have had in recent years. Yeah, uh, I get that feeling too. Uh, there's got to be a fine line there, um, and and I think finding that fine line is, is going to be a key, especially with where yeah. they are and how quickly they want to, uh, you know, kind of build off of what they did last year. Not take a step back, but continue to push forward. It's going to be a little bit and, different. And also, Vinny, I just wanted to add real quick that, like, you know, now with what's going on in that division, um, you know, I, I know those guys. Um, you know, Josh and Dave have conviction about, you know, how they played the Chiefs and the Chargers in the past and, and really the way they played Russell Wilson. Uh, but, they, you know, they will be looking. They're, they're not dumb. They know they need to get out of their division, and so they will look at, all right, well, how are we going to defend these guys? How have we defended them in the past? Let's get those pieces that will allow us to do that. I think that's the biggest key of all. I think offensively through scheme and with Derek Carr and, and some of the pieces that they're going to bring in, uh, in and around him, getting Dar- Darren Waller healthy, they're going to be able to manufacture offense. I think they're going to be okay with it. It's stopping yep. people that's going to be the biggest key, and that's why I'm really fascinated to see what they do in free agency and the draft uh, on that side of the ball. Greg Bedard, we always appreciate having you. Uh, thank you so much for all the uh, insight and enlightenment. Uh, uh, take care of yourself and uh, brace up. It's going to be a big week next week, man. Thank you very much. Sounds good. All right, see you, Vince. You got it. That's Greg Bedard for the BostonSportsJournal.com. Please go visit it. A lot of great information. Uh, He uh, is on top of things when it comes to the NFL. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Bajador Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Wednesday. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. John is on the Raider Nation listener line. What do you got, John? Hey, Vinny. Appreciate you taking my call. Hope everything's going well with you and your family. Likewise, my friend. Hey, just really quick, you know, a uh, huge Raider fan out here, uh, down here in uh, Atlanta. Um, you know, I was watching Rich Eisen today. He kind of commented that the Colts are going to go hard at Derek Carr, mm-hmm. which, which makes sense. So I guess my question for you is, like, when, when are we going to finally get this Derek Carr contract out of the way? And with that, also Max Crosby, like, when, when can we just get those guys signed and out the way so we can just stop with this dance, like, every year with, with, with Derek? Yeah, I think um, I think a contract extension is 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 probably coming for Derek Carr. Uh, I would think it's probably going to happen after free agency in the draft. Uh, maybe it's right before training camp. Maybe it's during training camp. But I think that uh, you know it's it feels like both sides uh, want it and um, and and understand the situation. There's some dominoes as Dave Ziegler talked about uh, that need to fall. Maybe that's getting you know Hunter Renfro and Max Crosby taken care of first. Maybe that's the order of business. Uh, but I would imagine that before the season opens, wherever it opens next year at Legion Stadium or on the on the road, excuse me, uh, I think we'll have some clarity on on the Derek Carr 
uh, contract situation so that the Raiders can move forward um, trying, as Greg Bedard talked about, trying to compete now in this division. And I, I, I keep stressing this. I, I, you know, and I think the, the Colts, it, it stands to reason that they would make a, uh, a run at, at Derek Carr. I, I would imagine that they've already inquired. I know multiple teams already have um, and t- to gauge interest. But it would have to, again, it has to include for the Raiders some sort of backup plan to improve over Derek Carr. Otherwise, why would you do it at this point? Unless you just feel like, hey, we're not even close. Uh, let's just um, rebuild and, and get as many assets and all that. But I don't think that that's where the Raiders are. So I think they stick with Derek Carr, build, continue to build around him. And as Greg Bedard just talked about, build that defense in a way that can help mitigate and stop guys like Russell Wilson uh, and Patrick Mahomes uh, and obviously uh, Justin Herbert. I want to say thank you to Greg Bedard. I want to say thanks to Brad Spielberger. Thanks to Devon Cotton for doing a great job. All the listeners, all the callers. We're back at it regular time tomorrow, 4 to 6 p.m. in the huddle. Brought to you by Tequila Embajador Raider Nation Radio. Check you guys out tomorrow. With our breakfast baconator. Sausage, egg, and Swiss croissant, both made with fresh cracked eggs, or even a honey butter chicken biscuit. And we're just getting warmed up. Get 50% off the official breakfast of March Madness when you order through the Wendy's app. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. For a limited time at participating Wendy's via app offer only. Account registration required. No discount applies to taxes or fees. Not valid with any other offer. So, it's already 2022 and you're probably still thinking about it. Well, this is the perfect time to enjoy the new year without the hassles of contacts or glasses by giving yourself or someone you love the amazing LASIK procedure from LASIK of Nevada. Call 702-636-2010 or go to LASIKofNevada.com to schedule your free virtual LASIK screening right now. Start the year off right with $1,100 off your premium LASIK procedure for both eyes and zero down, 0% financing for up to 24 months OAC. Save $1,100 off your premium LASIK for both eyes with zero down and 0% interest for up to 24 months OAC. Make 2022 your year of visual free. Don't just think about it. Go to LASIKofNevada.com or call 702-636-2010 to schedule your free virtual LASIK screening today. It's Chevy Truck Month, and Chevy offers a full lineup of trucks and accessories to help make it your own. Make your Silverado bolder with a sport bar and bed liner. Make your Colorado brighter with perimeter bed lighting. And make your Silverado HD more secure with a tonneau cover. Your Chevy dealer can help you find the right Chevy truck and accessories for you to make the most out of truck month. See your Southern Nevada Chevy dealers. Turn hockey plays into major paydays at BetMGM, an official betting partner of the Vegas Golden Knights. This is how you do it. Download the BetMGM mobile sports betting app today at BetMGM.com or from your app store. And then you stop by any of the nine MGM resort destinations on the strip with your state-issued ID to verify your account details. It's easy. Then you'll be able to place bets from anywhere in Nevada. And there's more. With BetMGM, there are no deposit or withdrawal fees for Visa. MasterCard and VIP preferred members. That's right. It's absolutely 
absolutely free, and you can fund or cash out from your account anywhere. Do it now. Sign up online and verify your account in person to wager on the Vegas Golden Knights and NHL action all season long at BetMGM because there's nothing like winning with the king of sportsbooks. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Nevada only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. No one gets you closer to the Las Vegas Raiders. Go inside the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy. Weekday afternoons at 4 on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. KRLV Las Vegas. The off-season, a time of reflection, but more importantly, a time to look ahead and build for the future. We've got you covered all off-season, starting at 7 with the morning tailgate. At 10, the Rich Eisen Show. Then at high noon, it's JT the Brick, followed by unnecessary roughness at 2, and your drive time is all taken care of within the huddle starting at 4. So let's keep the party going and get ready for next year. We thank you for listening and keeping it locked into Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Hello, Raider Nation. It's time for Raiders in our community. 